What is up, lefties? It is your boy, Michael Harris, joined as always with Lincoln Cook, uh, bringing you a second uh, podcast for the week. So um, pretty exciting times over here. We're going to keep pumping them out uh, whenever we we want to get together and talk some disc golf. So you guys well, get the, to benefit from it. The funny thing is, is that we actually did this last week as well with Micah as a guest. <laughs> we recorded on Tuesday. And on Thursday, we did an OTV preview show, Yeah, but something happened with the recording and... Yeah. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Quit out of Zoom before it was done converting. So you live and you learn, but um, yeah, we're here. That's okay. Yeah. It wasn't cool, but we're going to recap it. Yeah. So we're not going to do a um, Beaver State Fling preview, right? As that's um, a silver series. Yeah, that's coming up this week. Uh, we'll, but we will talk about the OTB Open um, because our our midweek podcast was talking a lot about Lone Star and um, just discs from them. So Special yeah. guest Todd Yako. Yeah, so now we get to uh, talk about the previous week's tournament. Yeah, it was sick. So we'll go over uh, OTB. We'll talk a little bit of Beaver State Fling. We'll go over some storylines from OTB. Then we'll have a dealer's choice about disc golf relationships. It'll be kind of fun. Uh, Then we will do a mock in the bag for us in relation to Lone Star and just some of the discs that we think we're going to bag and like as we will be building our bags here after USAMs. Well, I guess more actual building instead of theoretical building. Yeah. And then we'll finish off with a, uh, what we're working on this week, a little two minute drill. Perfect. Sounds good. Uh, do you want to pull up the results from this past weekend or I got um, it. So you're saying that I won the MPO picks. Um, I mean, before that, you picked Matty O and I picked Mason Ford, who didn't even compete this yeah. week. Um, well, let's just go over picks and then yeah. we'll, because uh, since they didn't hear our picks before, uh, I went with Simon, Garrett Gerthy, Matty O, Corey Ellis, and Nico. And then I had my wildcard pick is Jake Brown, courtesy of Micah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon struggled and looked very frustrated after round one. He got 51st, Garrett 10th. Matteo didn't play, yeah. so I gave him last place, but that's okay because your one of your players didn't play as well. So uh, Corey Ellis, 23rd, Nico, 35th, and then Jake Brown coming in at 64th to nice. get me to a total of a lot. Well, that's minus the 112, so, I mean, definitely not our best showing, um, but... You you had some good picks, just kind of middle of the road guys. Um and so I I had Calvin finish sixth. Uh Alden Harris. That's a good result for him. That was a great pick. Thirteenth. Um you somehow let me pick Gannon, who absolutely stormed that back nine. Um it it would have been crazy to see if he did birdie that last hole or even par it 
um, kind of that extra pressure put on Emerson into those last stretch of holes, but um, he don't, ended up don't blame him though. No, he ended up bogeying eighteen. Still a great result for him. Uh, and then James Conrad, who had a was he have a good first round or it was, kind of fell apart, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean I he know. was kind of looked like he was going to push and then didn't, and then yeah, yeah, kind of just mediocre. Yeah, and then Jacob Cordis got me my little bonus point at the end. So, so you won. Exciting. You won MPO picks and wild card pick. Yep. However, I took down the FPO. You waxed. Picked, you waxed me on that one. Look at that. A little bit. I picked Paige Pierce, who won it. Yeah. Uh, took Sayananda. She got tenth, and Jessica Weiss with at eleventh. Nice. And then all of all three of my picks finished better We're than. Ahead. All yeah, three of your picks. I know. Which my I mean, you, gr- did, my grouping, you did take my a couple of tight though, so that's good. Uh, sure. Yeah. It's like a you're you're consistently off center. Yeah. <laughs> Just like my putts. So. <laughs> oh no. Uh, you took Hall Hall and Hanley at thirteenth, Stacy Ronsley at twentieth, and Jen Allen at fifteenth. Yep. So, you won five six points for this week's. Uh, Pro Tour picks, and I got three. And looking at the actual results, I'll go through the top ten. Emerson Keith, Team Lone Star, took it down Mm -hmm. at minus 23. Gannon Burns second at minus 21. A three-way tie at minus 18 with Isaac Robinson, Cole Radolin, and Aaron Goose Gossage. Uh, Anthony Barella, Calvin Heimberg, and James Proctor tied for sixth at minus 17. Vino Makala, uh, ninth at minus 16. And then Garrett Gerthy, Jake Hebenheimer, and Gavin Rathbun finished at minus 15, tied for 10th. Oh. And we want to just finish out with FPO placement as well and then jump into some storylines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Paige Pierce took it down at minus 25. Pretty handily over Own Scoggins in second at minus twenty one, followed by Emily Beach. Good finish ha- for her. She's having a pretty good, like quiet season. Like not not pressing, but I always kind of see her name at the top. Yeah, good finish so, for her for yeah. sure. Lefty. Did she really? Mm-hmm. What the? Why didn't I know that? Yeah. Honorary lefty. Let's go, Emily. Uh, Ella Hansen at fourth at minus 16 and then Missy Gannon at fifth at minus 15. So pretty good showing beyond page and own as in like all those scores were under par and kind of up there, but yeah. page uh, kind of cruised in the last round to just, yeah, ran away, ran away with it. Yeah. Um, so, so the, that is the, placement of everything i've got some notes some talking points that i wanted to bring up for the otb open however i will pass to you first for overall thoughts and tournament recap um i watched most of the live coverage the first day um and then a few of the kind of jomez post-produced rounds but i i wasn't in i i just like kind of following it and then watch when i can um i liked the course i think golf course properties are 
definitely well manicured. They're well kept. They are the most pristine looking pieces of property kind of that they play on. Um, They host the most fans. they host the most fans. And this one did a really good job of requiring the golfers to hit very intended lines or shapes without having fully tree-lined fairways. Um, I mean, they had them playing through, I think, every single tree that's on that property. Um, Almost, yeah. like They're not just throwing down fairways, but because the landscape is so well manicured, you can throw down a roller. Whereas like if you're in the woods, it's really hard to throw down a roller with, A branch with, could with stop the under, you. underbrush. It's yeah. Yeah. So um, I really liked it. The layout was really good for MPO to cause a lot of drama late round. Decision making for decision sure. making. Yeah. And even for FPO, I mean, you have Paige Pierce shooting a, a 25 down. I looked at those scores. You had the 19th or 20th place person still shooting under par. So I think they did a great Yeah. job of alternating and kind of curating the FPO layout to their skill level um, really well. So Yeah. that's all I had to say. I agree. Uh, that was one of my main talking points. I, in our preview show that got lost in the ether, I talked about, you know, not really being the biggest fan of the course. Like it was fine. Wasn't like in love with it. They must've made multiple slight changes to the course because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Both watching it, the difficulty of it. I mean, there were par fives where you like in, in actual golf par fives, you kind of lick your lips and think, all right, I'm going to try to go for the green and two, Yep. try to get up and down for an easy birdie kind of thing. Yep. I felt like it was kind of that way in disc golf or over the weekend in disc Yeah. golf. It was, Yeah. it was, if you threw two good shots, you could be in circle two and have a very difficult putt for Eagle, but come away with the birdie. If you threw two really good shots, Yeah. but at the same time, I saw plenty of pars on those par fives. Mm -hmm. Which And like you I would. never see even in the woods. Like I look at W.R. Jackson, you have people getting eagles when it's tree line fairways um, just because the distance or the lack of trouble, the lack of Oh, yeah, diff no OB. difficulty in the, the landing zone. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. So, I was uh, very happily impressed by the difficulty of the par fives. They were gettable, but also you still had to execute. Whereas it wasn't, there weren't many eagles, I don't think. But there also were a lot of pars, which I thought was good. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how golf is in, Yeah. Yeah. you know, ball golf. Uh, I thought there was enough OB, but I did not feel like they did too much OB. Yeah. I can see a course like that where they kind of just over like USDGC has like manufactured OB Yeah. to the point where sometimes I'm like, do you really need that? Yeah. And I feel like they could have done that on this course, but they didn't. And I really liked it. Like there was shots that kind of were sprayed 
and they were fine. They were out of position, but they weren't OB because it wasn't a terrible shot. They weren't extra penalized exactly. for a bad shot. They just weren't rewarded for having a mediocre shot. Yeah, for sure. So I thought that was good. Um, the difficulty, as you touched on, thought was great. There were one of the things I really liked was that on most holes, there were multiple lines that you could take and still get birdie, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. So you shot, you saw different style of players. You saw Emerson Keith take it down, and he's just kind of a. I would say his his game is fairly well rounded. Yeah, but he doesn't have like any crazy strength, so it wasn't like he ex- exceeded on a p- particular style of course that you know leads its way to or favors forehands big bombing or favors backhands yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so yeah another reason why I like the course um there were multiple scoring holes there were like holes where it was like if you got a birdie that was definite scoring separation yeah and also lots of lots of bogeys lots of red on scorecards mm-hmm. so all these things loved loved all those i had two cons and one of them was that the length of the grass was a little bit inconsistent in some areas. As in, you would think that it was just a, a good shot and it would get no skip and just yeah. die. Yeah. Like a couple of times there were shots where they threw it over OB and in any any other area of the course, it would have skipped inbounds the way that they intended it to and it just stuck. Yeah, I felt like it was a little inconsistent in terms of the grass length causing some inconsistencies in like a OB or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, you know, that's a, that's a minor thing that we don't have the money for really. Like, yeah, we're not going to yeah. spend hundreds well, of thousands of dollars. Yeah. To manicure well, the thing everything. for that is like when they're throwing over fairways and that's OB or the greens, like those are cut a certain way. Like we right. have to remember this is still a golf course. Right. And a lot of the holes were in the rough through trees where they don't cut it to like pristine level on purpose. Um, and then you can also have some are wet and watered grass and some is dry. So it's like yeah, dry patches. Wet, dry patches, some are in the shade, so they're still a little dewy from the morning. Um, or if they've been baking out in the sun. They are yeah. dry, and you'll get a lot more skip off of dry grass type of thing. So, yeah. um, and it's it's again, unfortunate. Not that it's a major thing, but it was just inconsistent, and yeah. I yeah. think that is one of the few areas on this course that could be improved. Just like more consistency across the length of the grass around the greens. Yeah, not everywhere. Just like around the the basket or circle two, right? Yeah. And then my only other complaint was uh, that it felt like there were too many baskets placed too close to water. Yeah. Again, not that that's a horrible thing if you had like one or two, but it felt like five or six that were like eight, 10 feet from water. Yeah. And you could see players run it and whatnot, but it was just like, are you kind of being too repetitive, putting yeah. everything too close to water? 
And so, it, it, those are my only two complaints. Yeah. Though, and those are minor. I'm glad that most of the water baskets were not like also elevated. So I think they had a pretty consistent like basket height. Um, sure. Which Except helps. for the one in between the trees. But even then, that's, yeah, I think that's a sweet hole. And then one thing that I would like say is back to Micah's point when he was talking about pin locations. And I think these, n- none of these baskets are planted in the ground, planted in the ground. And I do think for the first two days, yes, pull them kind of 10 feet off like so you have a full circle like the circle first inner circle around like on land so you're not putting towards water but i don't mind it for a a final round the whole tournament yes it could get a little repetitive and like yeah you just miss your one inside the the circle putt and it trickles out of bounds because you're it it is eight feet past the basket yeah um that also adds to score and separation, which is good, but I do think they could have changed it, you know? And I, right. I think we agree that having different pin locations for different days of the tournament, even throughout the tournament, would be exciting. And I think that's one way you could do it, is harder on some days and easier on the others. Yep, I agree. Uh, two other storylines. One of them I think has already been exhausted and I have zero desire to talk about it unless you have additional thoughts that have not been shared on other platforms and that's the whole natalie ryan case yep i i don't care to talk about it no nope. i feel like there's yeah. nothing new that i have to add to it so yeah i don't know we're not legal experts just i hope i mean the thing is no matter what happens one side is going to be upset so i just hope they can come to some type of resolution yeah. Um for sure. And the last thing is uh Lone Star Disc teammate of ours now. Yep. Chandler Kramer. Hmm. I'm not a fan of his game. Even for though the based on the way that his disc spins, he is Lefty. an honorary left hand backhand player because he throws hundred percent forehands. Yeah. But just the way that he throws it, the way he approaches the game, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't I didn't enjoy watching it. It just felt very forced. Yeah. Um I mean I I've seen a few highlights of him, but I didn't watch him um specifically much this weekend. Okay. Um, if you go watch round two of Jomez, yeah, you'll see his entire round, which I, I watched, and like, yeah, watching some highlights or whatever is fine, but watching the entire round, I was just like, man, I, I don't know. It are felt... you say, are you saying it's forced because he's forcing the forehand shot? Yes. Or okay. Um, and yes, he might not have backhand to be you know tour level backhand, and you know, props to him for making it work. I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah. It also, made, his style. Not a like, fan of his style. It just makes me think of like a Jeremy Colling or a Nate Sexton. Are you saying just because their swings are different or and not as unique? Is like 
No, because they they throw they're not forehand exclusive. They might have forehand strengths, but they both throw backhands. Yeah. And they throw different types of shots. They throw backhand up shots. They'll throw, you know, a wide range of discs. He was and it was it and they'll throw like Heiser flips, they'll throw force overs, they'll throw flat shots that'll get natural turn. You know, they they throw different shots. Yeah. Every single throw of his was a forced Anheuser forehand. Yeah. And it's, it's consistent. dadgum, those warbirds looked stable. Yeah. It's, it's consistent. You know, there's a reason why people just throw PDs and DD3s and forces because no matter how you throw them, they're going to go far away, straight for a long time, and then hook up and fade at the end. So, yeah. Um, if you don't have that kind of touchy backhand. I, I, I just think of something like the exact opposite, the backhand James Conrad. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't complain. That when we watch him throw his envy into the basket at Worlds, you're like, that should have been an easy forehand shot, you know? But like, you don't question the backhand or his turnovers on some holes like at um, the Jonesboro. Like a tucked basket off to the right, he's still throwing a sky Annie yeah. to kind of crash in instead of a 250 foot pitch forehand. Um, Correct. It's different. I, it it is different. It's different. Yeah. And to and, defend my point, he throws different shots. He throws Heiser flips. He throws turnovers. He throws straight shots. Chandlers yeah. were all forced Annies. Yeah. And it was just, I mean literal props to him because the fact that he made it on lead card at a pro tour stop and was playing pretty well, like for the front nine, I want to say he had like, he was like two down after the front yeah, and had mostly pars, like didn't put himself in, in any difficulty. So props to him for, for making it on tour for playing the way that he does and making it work. I'm just saying I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Well, I got to learn that chomp forehand. Just to get under your skin. <laughs> I throw the chop forehand sometimes. Yeah. Why do you think I have a friggin' uh, Rask Super. Z in the bag? Yeah. Yeah. Because that shot is necessary sometimes, but I'm not forcing that shot all the time in every situation. Yeah. So, For sure. Also, it probably would have helped if I liked his style, but I don't like the hair and the flamboyant colors. Yeah. You're very Anyways, neutral that, in your color scheme. I mean, I'll throw I'll throw splashes of color and colors and stuff, but I want it to match and look good. And I feel like his pants and his shirt were complete opposite styles, and they were both just loud and didn't match. And his hair is like a faded green now, and I'm like, man, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah. But, anyways, that's the end of my rant. There you go. Did you have anything else on OTB? Um, <laughs> other than just. Paige Pierce is back and healthy. Um, it, it Kristen wasn't there, so you you put a half Take it with a, a grain of salt. You put a half asterisk there, but Cy has beaten Kristen this year. Cat has beaten Christian. Cat uh, Merch beat Christian. Mm-hmm. Kristen earlier this year, so it's like people that ha- Kristen is not like the high almighty unbeatable force 
on it, she is just the most consistent. Um, Correct. and I, I even think if she was there, I still probably like knowing this performance, Paige still probably would have won. Because they're just they in just that would have final been so round, Paige probably would have been playing more for birdies. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just cruising to the finish line. Yeah. So I, I just hope. Um, I'm not going to say Paige is back from one tournament, but I am very hopeful and excited for the FPO division to have a healthy Paige. Um, I think having one of their greats back, healthy, and challenging on lead cards for titles in the future for the rest of the year um, will be good for the FPO division. So yeah, you want to see those majors come down to the best players playing the best. Yep. And drama to the end. Yeah. So hope she stays healthy. Glad she's back. Um so exciting. All Indeed. right. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Well, talking about Paige. Yeah. That leads to one of my points of my my dealer's choice. So last week we were talking about Garrett Gerthy because I picked him for OTB. Yeah. And I told you that Garrett Gerthy and Jessica Weiss were dating. Yeah. And you were like, wait, what? They're dating? Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty dang positive they are. So I just, you know, had fun Googling to try to find this information and came across a Reddit page. Granted, this is 10 months ago. Yeah. So there might be some changes. However, I wanted to go through uh, some disc golf players and test you to see if you know who they're in a relationship with. Yeah. And these are disc golf, both disc golf players. Okay. So a couple, like the obvious ones, Eric and Tina, yeah. uh, Paige and Grady Shue, yeah. uh, Kona and Colton. Right, there, there's those ones, so I'm not going to bother you with those. Yep. Uh, Isaac Robinson. Alyssa Pearson. Yeah. Yeah. What? And she used to be dating uh, Casey. That's, that's why I know that is because I know of her from Casey. He was, she was in videos. They did like YouTube they had videos. A dog together. Yeah, and then. For a few weeks, I didn't see them posting pictures. And then, like, down a rabbit hole, she's posting a picture with Isaac. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, based on what a source told me, which I'm sure you can guess the source, but I'm not going to out him on the podcast. Apparently, she's dated around the Pro Tour because mm-hmm. her skill level is not that to which she could tour herself. Yeah. But will still play in events. Because yeah. she is dating somebody on tour and yeah. therefore banning with them. Hey, I mean, decent, decent it's, strategy. It's Sleep your life, way on tour. Oh, yeah, I'm just it's I'm a just life. Kidding. It's a lifestyle, <laughs> and if you can split the cost like that, then might as well. Yeah. So, uh, Chris Clemens, uh, Hannah Nguyen or Hannah Win. Yep. Yep. They post videos uh, all the time. They're yep. cool. Uh, Christy Jennings. She's uh, not fully yeah, touring, but Bart. Kowalowski. Yep. I don't know how Good to job. say Kowal- his last name. But... Kowalowski. Yeah. Okay. He's he's he does he used to play. Um he does he, review videos still, and yeah, stuff for, for Dismania, Dismania. Right. Yeah. 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 
Uh, I'm aware of him. So these were ones that were were new to me. Rebecca Cox. Um, I have no idea. He's an honorary lefty. I'll tell you that much. Zach Melton. Nathan Queen. Ooh, nice. Uh, Zoe Andike. Um, he played down in the Mexico tournament. Um, they do. Or- they do. Oregonian. They do yeah. Um. Designed the I say Portland Kurt, Open. I want to say Kurt, but it's not Kurt. Um, I know who it is, but Dustin Keegan. Yes, yes, the golfer. Keegan Bradley. Uh, Vanessa Van Dyken. Is that not another who you said? another honorary lefty? No, I said uh, Zoe Van Dyke. This is oh. Vanessa Van Dyken. Oh my God! Okay. Um, <laughs> Zoe Van Dyke's older. Yeah, it's not Austin Turner. Um, it's not Chris. Is it Zach Melton? No. I don't know other lefties. Reed Frescura. Oh, yeah, nice. he's a lefty. Uh, Kyle Klein. Uh, Cynthia Ricciotti. Ricciotta. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they've been to this one. While. This one, you know, Paul Ulivari is Sarah Wysocki. Yep, they're. they're I think they're married now, or they're engaged. I know. Yeah, that. they I might be married. No, 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 no they're I, not I think, married yet, but yeah. they they're working on, on the wedding and stuff. I saw. Yeah, yeah. that's um, cool. Of course, there's Val and and Mason. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, Kristen and Silver. Yep. Those ones everybody knows. Garrett Gerthy and Jessica Weiss. Yeah, and of I course, Paul and Beth and Hannah Macbeth. Yeah. There's three more that blew my mind. Okay. The first one is Nico LoCastro. Cat merch. Didn't know that. Yeah. I was like, I knew um, that. They, they post videos all the time. Yeah. And apparently Nico and Jessica Weiss used to date. Hmm. Now, again, I'm not on Instagram, so I'm not seeing I know. posts like this. That's why I know all this because right. I, I follow yeah. a majority of them. Yeah. Uh, this one blew my mind. Drew Gibson. I don't know her name, but it's Jen Allen's daughter. What? Yeah. Jen yeah. Allen is old enough that she has a daughter who's dating a player on tour. What? Yeah. She's I mean, I think her daughter I looked it up. She's 42. Yeah. And her daughter is 20. Yeah. But still, and her and and uh Drew have been dating for a while actually. She cru- Jen crushes still. Uh, she uh when oh, I was yeah. in when I just I didn't know Arizona. she was 42. I thought she was like mid 30s. Yeah. When I was in um Arizona and I did my practice round for at Fountain Hills. Mm-hmm. She was playing behind us and just the like butteriest Annie just flexing going forward the entire time lines. It was so cool to watch. Yeah. Um, so props to Jen Allen. Yeah. For freaking killing it. Like she's 42. Yeah. And has and her daughter is like I don't know if she like I know she plays disc golf, but she's just she's not a player. Like right, she but goes she does with, play. She's involved. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Kind yeah. of the scene and stuff, and she's yeah. her and Drew have been dating for a while now, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that blew my mind, you probably already know this, but I didn't know this. So this was news to me. Paige Pierce. Um, it, it's 
Alyssa something. Alyssa Van Lannen. Yeah, Van Lannen. Yeah, they got married last year. The, they oh, got married? Oh, pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, it, this just says they're engaged. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got married like this last off season. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. news to me, man. Yeah, and they moved to Florida. Yeah. That just blew my mind. I, yeah, I because I knew I she them. used to date Nate Perkins. Yeah, that was a like I remember and so during... they were like this little like group of three. Yeah, it was weird. And but... her and Nate were dating, but now her and Paige are married. Like, yeah, this golf man. It it felt like a uh, ninety degree turn to me. I was like, wait, hold up. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's uh, as far as this Reddit post is concerned from. Uh, disc golf drama. We love disc golf drama. R slash disc golf. Not, not really, but yeah. We love drama in tournaments, as in coming down to the wire. Yeah, but we can, we can pass on the off the off the course drama. Yeah, we don't need to get into people's lives. That, but I like to even, follow them even on though Instagram. We just did so. I do, I do. Uh, that's the thing. Like I don't like to speculate. I don't like to make guesses. But if someone's going to post something on Instagram, I'm going to know about it. I'm going to think about it. I don't need to do my research like a 17-year-old girl who just got dumped or anything. Um, or boy. Or boy, yeah. But We it's, don't discriminate um, on this podcast. No. So, well, I don't know. Some of those some of those girls that get dumped, they got FBI skills, level skills of like finding stuff out. It's impressive. Now, if they could just harness those skills, we could have some elite FBI profilers. We already do. That's true. Um, well, speaking of posting, that's a decent transition for us to one. I have to re-download Instagram on my phone. I haven't yeah. had it in five. No, oh my gosh. In like seven years. Wow. Impressive. It's on my wife's phone. I I don't know the last time I posted. I think we, I don't even know if I follow you on Instagram. No, <laughs> um, we are now as members of Team Lone Star Disc. We are required to post twice a month. Yep, I have one for us, by the way. Heck yeah, left hand yeah. backhand or it is, it is left hand underscore backhand. Let's go. So give it a follow. Um, I kind of tagged it on to my Snack Daddy account, but. Nice. Just to get us started, because it was. I'll, t- I'll anyways, tag it to mine so. as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, left hand back. So now we need to post twice a month. So we're going to be posting, you know, videos from us, pictures of. We'll post pictures and videos from USAMs. So yep. look yeah. out for some of that content, which will I be, might be doing some disc reviews on there. Um, the break time, speaking, break time with Snack Daddy. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and speaking of disc reviews, we will be reviewing discs that will be potentially entering our bag via our new team. Yeah. yeah. So I thought it would be a good idea for us to kind of go through uh, in each range the discs that we think we want to bag or that have piqued our interest. Yeah. And where do you want to start? Putters? High speed, low let's speed. Go, let's go high speed down. Okay. I feel like it's 
don't know why it makes more sense to me. All right. Well, I know exactly what I want to throw in Lone Star's high-speed distance drivers, and it's pretty simple. I also, my current bag is very simple for distance drivers as well. I like a couple of molds, and I throw them forehand and backhand. So my forehand would be a Warbird, and my backhand would be a Curl, both in alpha plastic. And then the only other one that's kind of piquing my interest is the Bayonet, which mm-hmm. I typically don't like 13 speeds, but you said you felt it. And it wasn't I felt too bad. it. It doesn't feel huge. It's like a 12 and a half where it's like, it's like a rive. Um, I think there's another 13. That's like not really that big, but no, it feels, it feels fine. And that's one that would pique my interest as well. Um, that being... would be a perfect disc to kind of be like your ride, right? Yes, I think it would be close. Um, the Warbird, I think, somehow is going to be too stable. Yeah, from the Rive, it, it'd be but my... different plastics would be good work. Potentially, yeah, I feel like that would be my forehand disc. Curl would be backhand, then bayonet would potentially be in between. Yeah, I would like to just yeah, I I want to just throw a bayonet to see how it flies. Um, yeah. but a war like a Warbird to be that overstable one i i would take it in either any of the plastics alpha bravo or glow lima not oh i've actually thought of doing that is like a heavier lima like 160 of a overstable disc like how would that fly because lima is the lightweight bravo correct it is yeah but like you could get it up to speed so you get that full turn and flight it could get bounced around by the wind, but then it would still have that like reliable fade at the end. You couldn't do it with a neutral disc, but like that super, not super overstable, but that overstable one, you could kind of mess with it a little bit more. I feel like, yeah, it's worth worth uh yeah looking into. And then the curl, I do think that's that one is going to be kind of the the workhorse, like my grace. Um, I've felt the curl and it feels like yeah. butter. It, yeah, it, feels it feels so nice. good in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then depending Better on than the Nimitz didn't like the Nimitz. Okay. I was going to say, I would like to try a Nimitz just to be a more stable version of the curl, but yeah. And from all that I've seen, it is a warbird just slightly different hand feel and yeah barely smaller rim size i just didn't enjoy the feel in the hand yeah i was yeah. hoping i would but I, I could like force myself to it but i did like the warbird and the curl in yeah. hand feel so i was like okay i'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna mess around too hard nice yeah i think it's pretty simple i mean they have the tombstone which i could throw in for when i get to super windy courses if i ever play those but i think the like Chupa- warbird's stable enough it's stable enough and then if i need something that's more controlled i would just go down to the chupacabra so chupacabra. well good transition to fairways yeah you have thrown fairways and you have yourself a, a frio few of them already just two i have the frio you have one and... on the way yes the frio and the mockingbird um 
the Frio is in the Alpha. The I think that my Mockingbird is Alpha as well. But the dome on my Mockingbird is like insane. Now And you you also got an X out Mockingbird. yeah, it just has a little thumbprint near the edge of the flight plate. Doesn't affect the flight because it was my farthest flying disc during my practice range, my practice session today. So Did you like I, the the feel of it? yeah, it feels good. Um, and it just, I threw it and it just wanted to stay in the air. Um, it wasn't, It's a uh, it it's wasn't a it's a understable. bird. Yeah. Like I wasn't understable. The Frio feels really good. Um, like it feels really controllable and it has a good flight. It feels a tad shallow. So I think if I got it in a either domier alpha or the Bravo, which I think adds a little bit of dome to it, like flexibility, it could, it could maybe get a little bit more comfortable. Um, but like it still felt good um, and flew great. But Nice. yeah, but my Mockingbird, when I threw it, I took my rangefinder and pinged back to where I 140 yards. Dang. Yeah. It was I'm a, I'm gonna confirm this math. uh, That's yeah, four twenty. yeah, absolute smash. Okay. It was, Okay. I hear you. it's very slightly downhill, but it's like on a soccer field. So it's like, it's just how it works. Yeah, And then, you're not you're not throwing on a on a decline. yeah. And then a right to left wind. So it kind of like held it, helped it stay up, but it was, it was just a, pop up flat and just kind of straight flight. It was, it was nice. That's sick. It went, it went further than any of my distance drivers I threw today. So. Yeah, which is not uncommon for us to throw a fairway further than our distance drivers when we get a hold of it. No. Matches our arm speed a little better. Yeah. We got bad form. So that's why I think like the dominess of the disc helped it to stay in the air that Sure. little bit longer. Um, Yeah. Well, saying the Frio is a little shallow for what you like. Yeah. I like I like a shallow, Yeah. more shallow feeling disc. Yep. So I feel like that might work for me. Um, what else intrigues you? You've got a Brazos on the way. What else intrigues you in the fairway? I mean, it, the way that I threw those two discs and hoping the Brazos is just going to be like a an FD2 or the new FD1 compared to Yeah. the FD there's there's nothing else the mad cat to maybe be that overstable disc because i think it might be enough and i don't need the chupacabra Might be the getaway. yeah i think it would be like a getaway but i like cuz i took the getaways out right now and i just have my three explorers in the different wares Mm hmm um and like the new moonshine plastic that they have is super overstable but it still goes far um So just more like consistent hand feel. I don't know if I'm going to need that slightly more stable because I think the Brazos is going to be able to get me that stability in flight with a more comfortable hand feel. Yeah, totally. So I think the Chupacabra would be the only other one I would think of just because everyone needs that overstable forehand chop forehand flex disc.
in their bag. Yeah. The get out of jail card kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Um, my bag, I like having nine speeds and seven speeds because mm-hmm. I throw seven speeds like a longer mid range because I don't really throw a ton of mid ranges. Yeah. And just like a less power, more more actually going for control. Whereas the nine speeds, I like to actually power on them and and yep. get good rips. So I'm in, I'm intrigued by the Mockingbird, the Frio, and the Brazos. Yeah. I'm intrigued by the Mad Cat to compare to the Chupacabra because I feel like the Mad Cat could be a workhorse forehand for me. Yeah. And I I don't I feel like there's little hype around the Lariat, but based on the flight numbers and based on how my buddy Jordan threw the Lariat, sounds like it's a good straight flyer. So Yeah. I'm gonna mess around with three sevens and three nines to test him out. Yeah. I mean, have you do you have any interest in the the Dose X at all? It kind of has more consistent flight numbers with your escape. I know it's yeah. eight speed, but it's eight speed, and I feel like I could potentially get that between the Lariat and the Frio. So, yeah, like I'll, I eventually I'll probably try it because hopefully I'll be getting a bigger allotment once I can get my rating up. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that would be like a disc where I'd be like, yeah, I'll throw it in and see how it is, but. Yeah. Those are the discs that intrigue me based on my research so far. Yeah. Nice. Mid ranges. Uh I only have two that I want to test out. Okay. Or not that I want to test out. I'll test out a bunch of them. But two that have piqued my interest so far. Yeah. And that's the harpoon as like my forehand zone esque disc. Yeah. Because I use my zone like a mid range and an yep. approach disc. Yep. And then the Texas Ranger. The one one. Negative the one, one one. Yeah. Yep. Those are the only two because as of right now I'm still planning on backing the Dune. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um the Texas Ranger would be a potentially more stable to start version of. Or, yeah. I, Dune. I I'm interested in almost all of them. I think the Walker using it as like that overstable justice justice type of disc. It's not necessary every time you play, but when you need something to fight the wind, you need something to do it. Um, and I think that could do it great. I think the MIDI would be a, like they're saying it's like a rock three. So just kind of that reliable, stable, throw it hard and flat. It's going to go straight for a long time, but still get a nice hookup at the end and have that like further distance potential than the harpoon. Um, I'd be interested in trying that. I think the Texas Ranger, uh, being that really neutral workable disc, is gonna. I think it's gonna fill my hex slot pretty seamlessly. Yeah. Um, and I could possibly even be interested in the BB six. BB six. Yeah. Yeah, um, that one. Um, also kind of would be like my Dune type slot for me. Yes. So, which makes sense. So. As of right now, you know, I'm not, not necessary. Not yeah. planning on messing around too much. But yeah, I I feel like you explained it all perfectly. I have similar interest in all of them. It's just the two that like piqued my interest the most. Yeah. Like I would test all these and see how I like them and stuff for sure. Yeah. I did like the feel of the, the Texas Ranger. So that one, you know, kind of stands out. 
And based on what you said about your harpoon, I'm like, dude, give me one of them. Yeah. I love, I love the harpoon. I've been throwing what, that. What plastic is yours in? Alpha. Alpha plastic. And it's, it's not board flat to like concave, but it's not domey. Um, it just gets, it's, it's straight and rely like, it's not going to get you your zone dump, but it's going to get you the reliable finish at the end. Um, nice. and that's where yeah. it, it, it can hold up to, I think a lot of power, a lot of torque, but probably not a lot of wind, which is where the Walker would come into to play when you need that, that wind fighter. Um, mm-hmm. But also, this is where I would possibly keep one of my A3s to just be that little bit more stable one. Um, and I would I would love to get the Harpoon in this Alpha, and then also a V2 plastic, maybe even a Bravo. Like I think this is, I could easily move it with the plastics, the different flight characteristics. Which is the stiffer one, V2 or V1? V two is stiffer. Oh, okay. They have a couple of V twos and V ones on site on their site, which they hardly have anything in stock right now. So that's yeah. one of the few. But and that's why I'm not I'm not buying it right now with our fifty percent off because obviously they still have them. So... Gonna wait till we can get a big order in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I like them. It works. So. Okay. Well transitioning from approach now to putters currently i'm planning on still bagging or throwing and putting the inner cores so Mm -hmm. i'm really looking for a more stable complement to the inner core as well as finding a potential putting putter for it when slash if i do make the tournament team yeah yeah so i'm looking at the copperhead as like an approach disc potential you know maybe kind of comparable to the harpoon is esque you know maybe yeah. like a pig type disc i don't know how stable it is um so that one intrigues me the bull snake right yeah i more sta- stable I have, version i have felt it and it feels kind of weird oh okay well i still want to check it out yeah um copperhead is like the the big one that sticks out to me. Yep. And then on my call today with our guy at Lone Star, Sheldon, shout out Sheldon, our team manager, uh, he suggested to me the Hooligan Discs Cash, yep. which is a lower profile, but three fade is what Infinite shows it as. I think it, the numbers I saw somewhere are oh, 3302. Okay, so kind of similar to the rest of Lone Star's putters. Or, or 3402. Yeah, so he said it's a lower profile and has a smaller bead to it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Which reminds me a lot of the Jackrabbit. Um, Even though when I felt the Jackrabbit, it didn't feel like it had that low of a profile. And it might have, but just like the edge was bigger in my hand. Um, kind of Like bulbous bigger? Kind of. I it was like very Bulbasaur hard to, bigger? Yeah. Like it it was hard to describe off the top of my head, but it was it was a nice chunky putter. 
Um, and the penny, when I put it, I put it with the penny and the jackrabbit. The penny is flies so much like the inner core, where you just just a little bit of pop and it'll it'll glide. Like I I missed a few and they were twenty five feet past the basket, gone. Whereas the jackrabbit is put to the basket, you miss, it's gonna just kind of fall to the P- ground. Ta three esque. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a bad flight. Um, just got to get used to that different that different feel in the hand. Um, but that's not that's not that hard for me. Nice. But jackrabbit does intrigue me if it is not as deep as you initially said it was. Yeah. We'll see. I just I got small hands. I don't like that deep feeling putter. Yeah. And that's it, Link didn't feel that deep to me, but some people say it's deeper. Yeah, it, it kind of worries me because I mean Hooligan has the Yeet, the the like Lariat copycat, and then do they have another the thread? Copy? The vibe, which is a yeah. curl copycat. So it's like, and then the the flip, which is like a, uh, um, uh, uh, more the, understandable what is it? The lone wolf. Yeah. So, in my head, the cash is exactly what the jackrabbit is. So, that's probably what he's recommending. Because, like, I mean, everything they have is same, 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 same. Yeah. So my guess. He said is, it was a little just, shallower than the jackrabbit. Which would be awesome. I would love it if it is. Uh, Plus, it's kind of a dope name for a putter. Yeah, cash money, yeah, baby. Let me just let me just cash this putter. Yeah. Let me just putt with cash real quick. Cash me outside. How about that? Ooh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that dyed on my my disc. Oh, that's good. Um, I uh, actually am a little bit interested in the Armadillo as well. Yeah, I have one in the V2 plastic. I think it's V2. And it's super understable and almost touchy in its throwing abilities. And it doesn't go that far, which is nice to an extent. But you were you were wanting a Caltrop replacement. I, I'm it's, wanting it's a not a Caltrop replacement. No, 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 no. That's it, where you're going to look at the Copperhead. Yeah the the Armadillo is like a it flies kind of like a um, inner core minus a hundred feet. Just so way like, less glide. If you put it on Annie, it's going to hold it and then land flat. If you put it on Heiser. It'll like flip up and ride straight and then can fade back, but it just has, it's not going anywhere. So it's like, it's not as stable and torque resistant as I was hoping it would be. Yeah. Um, but that's what the Copperhead I'm wishing is going to just be perfect. And like, I'm, I'm going to get an alpha to just throw for everything and then like a PA3 and then like a baseline for a Caltrop kind of yes or, not pa3 I, sorry a a3 um or no is that harpoon more for you yeah the harpoon has that more shallow like it's actually going to get distance and speed um i just think it's how i would use it's just how um calvin uses his rhino like you you get that overstable disc that you just throw forever and ever and ever and all it does is just get seasoned to perfection so you can throw it on any line you want um and it holds up to a little bit more wind get a little bit more ground play but then i'd also want the baseline 
to beat in to be maybe slightly understable, but a ground hugging machine where you just throw it, you know the distance, and it's not going past the basket because it's gonna stop and stick. Yeah, for sure. I based on how you described the things that you don't like about the armadillo, I actually kind of enjoy that type of shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I enjoy throwing that like touchy, like slight Annie that you need to kind of just hit and stop short. I mean, I throw my inner cores and those are super glidey, but some people are like, yeah, they're kind of touchy. I, I have a lot of fun throwing those shots. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm the best at them, but I, I enjoy the shot. I think it's fun. Yeah. And uh, I actually didn't mind the feel of the armadillo. When I yeah. felt it uh, premium if, plastic, I wasn't a fan, but the baseline yeah. one I liked. Yeah, no, I, it feels great. I mean, I love the thumb track. I love the flat, the flat top. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, because I got mine out of the used bin, so it, it might have been absolutely used and abused yeah, instead of like true. a fresh one. So it is a one one zero one. So I'm not expecting it to be very stable. But... No. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, cool. so that's uh that's what we're interested in. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Well, it's been a good pod. Let's finish it out with uh, what you're working on this week. Uh, I am working on slowing my upper body down to kind of be like behind my last step. So I want to step first and then uncoil instead of turning and muscling using my big back muscles, my big um, triceps to pull through the disc, I want to be uncoiling and whipping through instead of <laughs> instead of muscling it. Getting choked up about what you're working on this week. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, the last couple days, I've been working on the my new inner cores, kind of breaking them in a little bit, as well as the Dune. So I've been having a lot of fun getting to throw those. Uh, and this week, because we really only have th- three weeks from today, we'll be doing our practice round. Which means I got to be dialed in in the next couple weeks. And to be honest, I'm not feeling super confident about my the entirety of my game, as mm-hmm. in being confident to consistently throw a good shot every hole, right? So what I'm going to be working on this next week and a half, I'm going to try to play this weekend. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to play uh, tags on Monday. Nice. I'm just going to be focusing on kind of treating it like a tournament. I'm going to step up. I'm only going to throw one shot off the tee. I'm going to focus on the best shot and I'm going to throw that highest percentage shot and just focus on executing one shot at a time. Yeah. Because when I'm going out and playing right now, I'm throwing six shots off of every tee. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me test this one. Let me test this one. Let me compare this. Yeah. And especially I, I think need to, going... I need to remove that from my mindset for a yeah. little bit. And I think going from with the change in altitude, like you're looking for the perfect shot on the course and the holes that you're playing now. 
And I think trying to change that gear to can I focus, can I execute this one shot, one opportunity, and then whatever happens after that, dealing with it instead right. of banking on a perfect shot every time. Because we're going to go a different course. The shots are going to be different. The altitude is going to be different. Um, and the results are going to be good sometimes and they're going to be bad sometimes. And it's, you get to actually practice recovery shots. You get to practice the, your 150 foot jump putts or your forehand little touch up shots or that 30 foot putt instead of the 15 foot because your second shot parked it type of thing. Right. So I think that's a, a really good thing. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to the course and throwing multiple shots at e on each tee. Um, but I think that's more beneficial when you're at the course you're going to be playing at. And I think kind of shifting into that do or die kind of attitude as yeah, early as possible. Just increasing some more tournament pressure-esque. Yeah. And I... I'm kind of low in my confidence right now. So by just focusing on one shot, I'm hoping to build confidence. Cause you know, say I kind of regress a little bit and I'm not hitting that 400 foot mark, which I've been doing pretty consistently lately, which has been mm -hmm. pretty sick. I've been throwing my distance drivers like consistently 400 plus. Like if I see a 400 foot hole, I'm, I'm within the circle sometimes left, you know, whatever, but I want to just, I, I, again to the, our debate a couple months ago i want to be consistent instead of adding an extra 40 feet but not being consistent anymore yeah so sure. i want to focus on the one shot to try to be consistent with it yeah awesome sounds That's good yeah um check out the beaver state fling going down this weekend they changed up the course quite a bit should be some good weather for the guys still and at Milo? up there. Yep. Yep. The uh, should be a fun tournament. We we'll do a little recap, but we didn't make any picks for the weekend. Um remember to like, subscribe, share with check your buddies. Our, check out our Instagram pages. Yep. Instagram Type page. Those below. And uh is there anything else? No, not really. So uh shout out to Team Lone Star. Shout yes. out to uh, Jesse and Trash Panda. Otherwise, lefties out. Peace.